Yeah, now it's gonna do it. Okay, thanks. I'm gonna go. Bye. Okay, now is it working? Let's see. Okay, we should be there now. Hello, everybody. Hello. Wasn't that fun? <laughs> welcome, welcome. Hello and welcome. Um, sorry about that. Every now and then, YouTube will randomly change my stream keys and all of that and not tell me. And so I go to stream and instead of starting, it just nothing works. And then I have to go through and figure out what was changed and try to figure out how to get it relaunched and all that. So that's what happened. Sorry about that. It's literally been months since we've had an issue like that. But here we are. We're here. We're going to do this. Welcome, everybody. If you don't know, we do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Usually. <laughs> it's 7.12 today, but usually we get it at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 Eastern for those that might be Mountain Challenge. Thanks for sticking around. We have 91 folks here that stuck around. I, I'm, I bet we lost a ton of people, but you know. <laughs> Today we're going to do our shipping report. We have a cool giveaway, and then we're just going to nerd out and talk fish. I have some other updates for you as well. Shipping report. I am thrilled to announce that we have not lost, except for the Cali Tawa issue that we talked about last week, we have not lost a single fish in shipping in December. It's going pretty darn good. So that is the shipping report. No fish lost in December except for that one tank of Cali Tawa that wasn't doing well. The good news is we've replaced some of those with some of the customers that were having some trouble with Cali Tawa from different tanks and they appear to be doing very well for the customers. So we do have other tanks that are healthy and the tank that did end up having a problem is actually starting to do a lot better now and recover as well. So um, we're uh, that mess has been fixed. We're getting getting that resolved. I have, yeah. So that's the shipping report. Pretty good. Sorry, uh, this whole like uh, I'm still recovering from having to like really quickly try to figure out what was wrong and the stress that comes with that. So just a moment. Moment of Zen, everyone. Moment of Zen with me. Okay. All right. Here we are. Never happened. <laughs> So shipping report's pretty good. Now we're gonna get to our giveaway and then I have a couple couple fun announcements. One I think is exciting. Okay, the giveaway is for some fancy schmancy air stones. There's a set of three. This is one of them. This is the biggest one. They come in three sizes. This is the three incher. Um, these are from Hyger. Hyger was nice enough to donate these for our giveaway tonight, so thanks Hyger. And if you look around YouTube, you'll see a lot of people doing uh, videos about these. And, and the reason is, is Hyger's being smart. They're reaching out to um, YouTube channels and saying, hey, we're we'll send you free airstones if you'll do a, a video and tell people about them. I didn't want to do that because I've never used this product. Um, so I didn't feel comfortable making a video about it and kind of promoting it that way, I, leaving links and stuff. Um, so I said, well, I can't do that, but I like giving free stuff to my, the folks that come to the live stream. 
So instead of making a video about it, which feels like I'm standing behind it and I know the product and, and all that, um, if you want to send me some, I'll give them away and let the customers test them and then tell us what they think. So that's what we're doing. Uh, they just provided these for the giveaway. Thank you, Higer, for doing that. And uh, we'll give them away tonight. And I'm curious to see if they're like the next best thing in Airstones or, or if they... You know, I, I don't know how they work. I've never used them before. So that's what we'll be giving away. And they're, they're, I think it's a decent value. These run between 15 to 25 bucks, depending on the size. You can get them here at, at Amazon if you're interested. Again, I'm not affiliated. I, I've never tried this product, so I, I can't tell you it's the best thing or the worst thing. I, I have no experience with it. But I think it is cool that they would uh, donate them to us tonight for the live stream. So thanks again, Higer. And uh, someone will win. I, they, I've been reading up about them. They seem kind of cool. I think that the way they're designed, what I, what I think I like about them without having to use them is sometimes airstones get clocked, right? Or if you have an airline that just has an end going down in a pipe, you drill a hole in for your sponge filter, that'll get clogged. They've done a thing here where I think it's creating a lot more surface area for the oxygen when it comes out before it mixes with the water, and I think that might prevent clogs. So that's why I'm excited to see if that is in fact what's going on or not. So um, some lucky winner will get three of these, one of each size, and then uh, hopefully you can chime back after you've used them for half a year or whatever and let us know how they're doing, how they held up, whether they're any good or not. Um, they look fancy schmancy. I mean, I. It looks like they put real care into developing and designing this thing. The tolerances seem tight. It looks like it's manufactured with pride, which is a big change from the airstones I'm used to. So I think they, on the surface at least, they look pretty cool. So if you want to be a guinea pig and test them out, I'll send them to you. To enter that, uh, just to be entered to win them, it's hashtag thanks Higer in the chat is all. Higer is spelled H-Y-G-G-E-R. So it's hashtag thanks Higer. Hashtag T-H-A-N-K-S-H-Y-G-G-E-R. No spaces, caps don't matter. And uh, yeah, we'll see if we'll see if we like them. So, yeah, cool stuff to give away, but uh, that's that's generally how I companies reach out frequently. And are always like, hey, we'll send you free stuff if you, you know, they want me to make a glowing video about it, basically, to help sell it. And my response is always like, well, I've never used that. In order for me to do a, a video to really recommend this, I would need to use it for a long time. Um, I'd want to probably do an unboxing. I'm Just grab footage of an unboxing, show the setup, get it going, then show it like a month later, and then three months later months later and then like six months later and see how it held up and and then I could do a, a review for you but it's gonna take me like six months to do that and they usually don't want to do that they they kind of want here's free stuff promote us like now but Higer um, actually did they were willing to say okay we get that um, why don't we just do a giveaway and your customers can try them and let us know what they think. So I, I'm, it's kind of nice to find a company that's a little bit flexible. Most companies are just like, nah, we'll, we'll, we'll just move on. But Higer is like, I can't make a video, but I could give them away. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll make that work. So I think it's kind of cool that they worked with me a little bit. So my first experience talking to them, I, I don't know if I've used 
any Hager products ever. So, um, but it was neat that, that the stuff seemed to be built with pride and that they were flexible enough to work something out with me. So that's my experience with them so far. Anyway, um, moving on from that, I have some very exciting news, which is if you haven't been on the website recently, for years people have been requesting a certain set of items from us and for years I've been saying no, but finally we've done it. We now have plants available at dancefish.com. So if you're interested in aquarium plants, here they are. I know nothing about plants. I just know that they're green and they're growing and they seem to be doing well. These are pictures of the actual plants we just took a few days ago. These are immersed grown. They're transitioning now. Um, so they're, they're in transition, but so far they're doing well for us. So if you want to check them out, we've got them. The way I see plants working is kind of like, hey, I'm ordering some fish and stuff, and hey, I've got a little bit of room in my box. Instead of ordering another fish I don't really want just to fill the box, it gives you something else. You're like, oh, maybe I'll try this plant, right? None of them are super expensive or anything. They came in looking really good. I don't know enough about plants to know if they are in fact good or not, to be perfectly honest, but um, but they came in looking good. They Like the leaves were whole and they're rooting out as they transition and all that. So uh, like, what is this? Hygrophila augustifolia rubra, doing fine. The fish love them. So anyway, from a guy that knows almost nothing about plants, just starting my journey with plants. I've got some for sale. If you want to take a risk with us, <laughs> that's where they are. Now, the good news is the customers that have received them have given us good feedback. Uh, you can check the reviews out. There's a review or maybe two at this point um, that the plants arrived in good shape, which is nice. I do know, I say I don't know anything about plants. It's not entirely true. I, I, I kind of know how to ship plants. I've done that before. I've worked at places where we kept plants and things like that, but it's never been my major interest. The The reason that we did it, though, is um, we think it's a good... Yeah, I guess I covered that. We just think it's a good addition. And it's not... We can still keep fish in the tank, so it's basically like putting another seat at the table if you're uh, owning a restaurant and you have four chairs at the table. Let's say everyone spends 50 bucks per chair. That's 200 bucks. Well, if you get another chair in there, that's another 50 bucks for that meal, right? So it helps the business as well. The The real estate of, a, of an aquarium in, in our warehouse is very valuable. This was a very expensive place to build. The square footage cost is very expensive because we did it in a specialized manner. So every aquarium takes up a certain amount of that real estate and uh, that's valuable space. So anything that we can do to uh, get more inventory in our limited space helps us as a business. And yeah, so so we're doing it. I, uh, that's kind of all I know. I'm giving them light, we're giving them food, they're transitioning, they look good. Um, <laughs> I didn't bring anything in that has a reputation for being really difficult. I, I try to just do things that I, I think are not too hard for anyone, especially me, because I'm sure I'll kill anything that's difficult. But uh, that's uh, that's where we're at. So if you want to take a risk with us, we have them. And uh, if things go sideways, we'll take care of you just like we would if you had fish. Alexander Englehart, I've been Englehearted and I love it.
I still want to make that t-shirt. I've been angle-hearted. I mean, I'll talk to you about that, Alexander, someday. Make sure that's okay and, you know, done, done in a way that's fun but tasteful. I'm throwing out 100 bucks. Thank you. How's the blizzard planning going? Well, we've been in a blizzard for a week now. A week and a half. We've probably got over 20 inches of snow in that time. And it just keeps coming. You shovel your walk, and you get more. And you shovel it, and you get more. So um, we're not only planning the blizzard, we're living it right now. And, and we're good. We have the backups. We have the big generator. We have the, uh, the electricians. Every, for a while now, before it really got cold, everything was wired up and such. So if we have a big problem here, we have the generator. All we have to do is plug it into an outlet in the wall turn the generator on and flick a switch and then we're over in generator mode so um, we're doing fine and surprisingly with everything going on with the weather and the holiday and everything we still haven't had any losses in shipping in December this has been our best month this year except for the Kalitawa that we talked about last week because we had a tank of Kalitawa that ended up being sick we didn't know because they weren't demonstrating signs they were sick, but the stress of shipping brought it out. And we had, a, I think, three customers that had issues. And when multiple customers have an issue with the same fish, you know there's something going on on your end. So uh, we looked into that. We're fixing those. But besides that one thing, we, we haven't had any problems. So it's going actually really good, blizzard and all, surprisingly. Yeah, I, I can't complain. Can't complain. Well, I guess I could. <laughs> I could find something, but no, things are going pretty darn good. Thanks for asking. Hope you're doing well as well, Alexander. Doing well as well? Hmm, that's redundant. So plants are live. The other big news is that the, uh, the equipment that's going to help us uh, run more effectively here with our creek water system and, and how we do things is installed. Uh, they came today and, and the, pro, the controls got programmed. So we're getting to the point where we're about to bring that new piece of equipment online. I'm hoping to be able to do that tomorrow. There's one little resistor that we have to put in the control panel that didn't come with the control panel. They thought it might be here this afternoon. It looks like it might arrive tomorrow. So we have one little tiny resistor that we have to put into that so that we can run it but the, uh, the coding is all logged in, the software is all programmed, and the connections are all made, the controls are all installed, and we just need that resistor, and then we can fire it up. And also, it was getting towards the end of the day today when they finished up, so you don't really wanna turn a, a new thing on at the end of the day, right? You wanna do that early on, so if there's problems, you're there and you can fix it, instead of, you know, being up all night because you, you thought, hey, we'll just try it before we go and then something bad happens. So, <laughs> but the good news is we're almost done that process. So that'll be very helpful. It'll help us uh, have a better system to work in. We've learned a few things as, as we've done this. You know, anytime you do something new in the world, you're, there's going to be a learning curve and there, there has been. We've rolled with the punches. We've done fine. I mean, the fish are doing fine, but it's going to be better for us. The fish are healthy and happy, but it's going to be better for us because, well, one of the problems we're having is like scaling. We get calcium carbonate scaling in the tanks, and that's just a pain to deal with. Um, so the fish don't care. So they're fine.
but for us as fish keepers, it's a pain. So uh, the new equipment should help t uh, take that problem away as well as the dissolved gas issue. So yeah, I'm pretty excited. The other thing that's kind of nice is that we're done shipping till after the new year. Uh, this close to the holidays, you just don't ship. Our last shipping day was Monday of this week. So everything's been shipped, everything's arrived as far as I know. And so that, that's, that whole task is off our plate now. So today we were able to you know, clean and organize and get caught up on all the things that you just can't get to when you're super busy shipping fish all day every day. So it's, it's gonna be really nice to just take some time, clean up, organize, get things into ship shape. You don't have that pressure of that daily deadline to get to UPS before the, the airplane leaves right so every every day we ship we have to get all the fish shipped and packed and properly done and then to ups before the airplane leaves because those packages need to be on the air on the airplane before it takes off um and so there's always that timeline stress and you get used to it but now that we don't have it for a while you, you feel the difference <laughs> Right? Your shoulders are looser. Your neck's not as tight. Yeah, it is that little pressure is gone. So that's pretty cool. All right, 237 people are here. Thanks for being here, folks. I, I know we had a rough start. Thanks for hanging with us. So that's not bad at all. 237. Now it's down to 235, of course, because I looked at it. <laughs> One day I'll learn not to do that. Any hoodles, let's get to your questions and comments because... That's about all that's going on with us. It's rough out there with the weather and everything, but amazingly, this has been our best shipping month ever. This always is strange for people. I always tell people, people are very concerned about getting fish shipped in the cold, and I understand it, I get it. But it's a lot easier to ship fish when you know it's gonna be bitter cold out because you know exactly what to do heat-wise. When it's spring and fall and temperatures are fluctuating, then it gets a little dicey. But when it's super hot or super cold, it's like, okay, I know what to do. Now, I, I should say though, some of the boxes have been arriving a little cold. Um, some of the boxes have been getting down into the 60s, which is colder than we want. So we are making a couple of adjustments. And, and thank you to everyone that lets us know the temperature their, their fish arrived at. If, if anyone ever wants to help us out, one way you can do that is when you order fish, when you first get them, open the box and take the temperature of the bags of the water in the bags right when you get them that information is very helpful because if they're arriving a little cold we know to make an adjustment if they're arriving a little warm we know to, to make an adjustment and that really helps us as we try to make it so the fish get to you with with as little stress as possible so thanks to everyone that did that so we are making some adjustments because some fish arrived i mean everyone was fine but a little cooler than we want uh, this uh, this last week or so. Okay, before we get to your questions and comments, I want to thank my moderators for being here and doing what they do every week. Still blows my mind that people are willing to come every week, donate an hour and a half of their time, and uh, and be moderators and keep the chat under control. So thank you, thank you. Some some have been doing it for years, week after week, and I just I'm just so grateful. Thank you. Oh, the uh, 
the new designs for the merch, the t-shirts and hats and hoodies, and we have a mug now that will be launched as well and all that, is, uh, that's all been done. The hats are all designed. Everything's done. And that'll all be released in January. So the January line is ready to go. Pretty excited to show you guys what we have there. With that, I'm going to scroll up, get to your questions and comments, and let's just have a chat back and forth. If there's something you want to ask or you want to discuss, if you would leave it in the chat, if you would type at symbol dance fish, so it highlights, I think you can do hashtag dance fish. You might also just be able to do dance fish, but however you do it, if you do that, then these bright orange boxes will appear in my chat, and that's what I look for. Those are the comments I respond to. Because then I know you're talking to me instead of talking amongst yourselves. So here we go. The first one is, you go it, Dance Fish. Well, thanks, Patricia. You goat girl. <laughs> Cat with corn dog. Me just waiting for Johnny or at Dance Fish to tell me that they got some orange zebra autos. Yeah. Cat with corn dog. Um, you me waiting a little while. I do plan to bring more in, but I, I mean, I ordered them for this last import which will be released uh, next week they just got shorted they did not arrive so I'm still trying but in this business just because you order something doesn't mean that you're gonna get the thing you ordered so I did try to get some those and some zebra autos and some other stuff but they did not arrive so I'll try again next time I'm not gonna be bringing any new fish in though until after the holidays things are just too nuts around Christmas and New Year's airlines are delayed and all that stuff things get backed up so it's not good for the fish mr. bees CPDs can you ship plants and fish in the same box yes that's that's how we do it in fact in fact we have to figure that out so it's a little tricky how our system is right now it makes more sense if you buy the fish uh, by the plants, add them to a box with fish in it, and we mix it together. That that makes more fish, more fish, more sense shipping wise. There's when they're with the fish. There's uh, we're still figuring out basically exactly how much space a plant takes, and we have to finagle that a little bit. And what I would like to do, what I'm noticing is a lot of the plant orders though are just plants. People are coming just ordering plants with no fish. I thought it would probably be more like, hey, I've got some fish and I'll throw in a plant. But no, people are doing just straight up plant orders. And so I have not optimized how we pack boxes for that. So I have to figure out, I have to talk to random arms and figure out if there is a way that isn't too confusing once you get to checkout that if you have fish in the box, it packs a certain way. And if you don't have fish in a box, it packs a certain way uh, so that we can get plants shipped less expensively if people are just buying plants. So there's a couple things we need to work out. But uh, yes, you can definitely buy fish and we'll throw the plants in there with them. Not a problem. Tamara Sirois. Have you heard of lymphocytis? Oh yeah. Lymphocystis? Citis? Cystis, I guess. Can you tell me about it and how do you make it go away? It only seems to affect my different breed rams. None of my other fish in the tank have ever had it. So I'm not a, not a veterinarian. Uh, that's my big disclaimer. I don't know that much about lymphocystis, but from what I understand, it's a, a virus, I believe, and I don't think it's treatable. If I understand correctly, that's just something that the fish can live with. It's just like a cold sore, right? You can have a cold sore. 
you can have that virus and be just fine until something really stressful happens and your immune system gets compromised and then it's going to raise its ugly head but if you rest up and all that it'll gradually go away and you know you you can live a a long life with it Um, I think that lymphocystis is the same but I'm going off memory here it's not something I've researched in like forever so maybe that'll get you started but I do not believe that lymphocystis is treatable uh, if anyone here knows more about that than I do, would you chime in see if you can help Tamara out? But Tamara, I just haven't had any reason to research that particular one in depth in, in so long that I could be confusing it in my head with something else. But that's how I remember it being. Maybe I'm wrong, though. Maybe once it manifests, it doesn't just go away like a cold sore would. I can't remember. Liquid Rock Aquatics. Even though the building has a high... Uh, per square foot cost, you will never regret having adequate space to work in the system and make the fish live their best lives. Oh, absolutely not. We, we, we love having a, a space. And once everything's up and running again like we would, it'll, it'll feel a lot nicer. <laughs> when you look at a tank and you have like frosted front glass because there's so much calcium in there, the carbonate in there, uh, and you get the scaling, it just feels weird. The fish are healthy. The water's fine, but it's just like, ugh, it just doesn't look great. So it'll be nice when we can get this actually running, hopefully tomorrow, and uh, get rid of that problem. So it's a cosmetic thing mostly. But, yeah, we definitely do not regret, uh, you know, building the best place we could for the fish. Absolutely. That's, that's the whole point of doing what we do. The fish guy... Five. What plants grow the fast, the fasting? I think you meant the fastest. Um, in my experience, it's water sprite. Now, there are some stem plants that might grow faster uh, under high light, but, but water sprite, in my experience, is just a quick grower, super hardy. I can't kill it. So I, I recommend water sprite if someone wants a fast-growing plant to like really suck up nitrates and stuff. But again, you're talking to a guy that doesn't know much about plants. So in my limited experience, that's the one I would go with. Beck's Fish Room, punching me in the face with a fox cat and throwing out five bucks to say hello, Bex. Thanks. Thanks for the hello. And thanks for all you do behind the scenes to help us out. We appreciate you, lady. Mainly bettas. Miss y'all getting back into it now that I'm finally settled into a new home. Oh, yes. I'm glad you're finally settled. Moving is moving's the worst. <laughs> Love seeing you doing great, Dan. You are the best of the best. Oh, well, now i got to live up to that. Thanks for the pressure, mainly, Bettas. <laughs> Glad you're doing well. Thanks for being here, and thanks for the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required, but it really does help. Every penny helps. And Kelly Foreman, lurking because I'm cooking. <laughs> it almost rhymed. Merry Christmas, fish friends. Kelly, thanks for the super chat. I hope dinner is delicious. Brian... Linus, oh, I, nope, I almost said that wrong. Lenowicz. Anyone, Dan Swisher, any, regarding Turkana jewels, I put nine, two to three inches into 75 after quarantine by themselves, plenty of wood, rock, and plants. They are pairing off and fighting frequently. Too many ideas. Um, in my experience, that would be fine. I think I kept 50 in a 75. We sold, oh, a dozen or so, and then the, then 38 
didn't sell for many months and they were just fine in a 75 altogether. So do you have too many? I don't think so. If anything, you might not have enough to spread the aggression. But if they're pairing off, uh, that is when they fight. They're pretty peaceful for a jewel cichlid. Okay, in the world, they're, they're aggressive by just your standard community fish standards. But by the standards of jewel cichlids, the world of jewel cichlids, they're, they're very calm, non-aggressive fish. But when they pair off in stuff like any cichlid, really, they, they will be somewhat aggressive. So if you have it set up so that if a pair pairs off and selects this spot, and a pair pairs off and selects this uh, camera, this spot here, that there's some line of sight blocks, maybe there's a big piece of wood or rocks or whatever here. If there's plenty of line of sight blocks that everyone can pair off and have their own little territory, you're probably gonna be okay. You might find with just nine that you can only ma maintain three pairs in there, maybe one on each side and one in the middle, or maybe four. I don't know how they're gonna shake out, but you might find that there's a certain number of territories that they find acceptable and the other fish that don't claim those territories as pairs just will constantly be harassed, in which case you might want to take those ones out. But that tank will have to settle and, and figure out what it wants to do before you really know how it's going to settle out. It depends a lot on how it's set up and where the line of sight blocks are and the territory delineations are and all that jazz. But no, I don't think nine's too many. Xanadu! Do! Merry Christmas and happy 2003 all. Can hardly wait for January 3rd and shipping again. Well, I'm glad to hear that because we got some fish to sell. And uh, so we just listed, for those that aren't members, you might not know this, we just listed a whole batch of fish yesterday, I think, maybe the day before, that all were sourced from hobbyists. And oh, I gotta show you this. There are a couple really cool things there. Okay, so a really neat Gadeid. This thing is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. It's a Xenotoka. It's a Isenai. I like Isenai and Dodroy, if I'm saying that right, the best of the Xenotokas. And then the other one that I think is amazing is Whiptails. We have some really nice Whiptails, and these were bred and raised by a hobbyist here in the United States. You can see, look at all the long streamers on the tails if you if you take a look. Now, I know it's not the best shot. They're kind of huddling in the corner. So <laughs> you got the silicone here kind of making things foggy. But super healthy, doing awesome, chowing down on pellets, easy to feed. Um, so we have some... If you want to get stuff that's humanely sourced and is hardy and likely to do well, there's nothing better than buying from stuff that was bred and raised by hobbyists. It's just the best way to get fish as far as survival rates and as far as just a humane supply chain. So uh, they're there if, if folks are interested. I think the whiptails are super cool. Okay, hang on, I gotta wet my whistle. Cheers, everybody. Oh, and Xanadu, I, I hope that the shipment we sent you is doing well. Please, please let me know. I know they arrived a little cold, so... And in fact, I guess I should say this for everybody. In wintertime, I'd always have some kind of ick medicine on hand, ick X or what have you. If the fish arrive at 65 degrees, they're going to be fine. But they might develop ick as a result. So 
I would just have some of that on hand, especially during the winter, because cold weather, if fish are exposed to cold temperatures, they become more susceptible for ick until they've settled into their new home and, and become fully hardy. So anyways, Anna, do I hope they're doing well. Um, I know they arrived a little colder than we wanted. Mark uh, Sturlson, because Bunny says your fish are awesome. <laughs> hey, Bunny Vipers. Thanks for sending Mark our way with his pocketbook. <laughs> Thank you so much. Much appreciated. Never required, but it makes my wife super happy when people throw money at us. So thank you, Mark. And thank you, Bunny, for referring Mark. <laughs> okay, Linda J. Hello. A question on the Corridor C123 Yellow Cat. At what age do we see them color up and what is the best diet for them, health and color-wise? Okay, so I would I've never seen them really little. I think the ones we had in were about an inch and a quarter. Okay, I can tell you in just a second. Let me look this up. I love that fish, by the way. Those really are pretty fish. Okay, it's pulling up my, uh, my back end of the website. Um, is it C123 or CW? Uh, C123 yellow. Ours were... Ours were about an inch. Three quarters of an inch to an inch. And this is an actual picture of them at that size. That's what they looked like. A lot of yellow in the fins. Now they're against light sand. So maybe you see the yellow better than you would if this was like black gravel or something. So the substrate might have something to do with it. Here's another picture. Quite a bit of yellow in the fins at that size. So those those are just straight up pictures of the fish we had at that size. So hopefully that helps as far as size and color by three quarters of an inch to an inch. They had some pretty good, good color. And uh, health-wise, Variety is the best thing I think you can do for fish health-wise. Now, there's a couple tiers of what's best. Best, best, best is live foods. So, all kinds of sinking live foods. White worms, grindle worms, even micro worms. Quarries can get to if the gravel isn't so coarse. It, you know, falls down and so deep in the gravel they can't get to it. But if you have a bare-bottom tank or fine sand, they, they can burrow down into and get the... Microworms and banana worms and Walter worms are all fine. Any food that kind of sinks. Um, so that's a great start. Black worms are fine. Live foods are the best. Now, is it practical for most people to feed only live foods? No. So what's the next tier? Frozen foods. Frozen brine shrimp is amazing. Frozen blood worms. All that stuff is, is great for quarries. Quarries are kind of high protein fish. So that's good. Can everyone feed frozen foods all the time? Maybe, but there's also some great prepared foods. So rapashi gel food's great. We like to feed large pellets and wafers that last a while. Uh, we're using, um, I think we're using extreme uh, catfish wafers right now, kind of a high algae content spirulina type wafer. And then we, so we'll feed that so they get some veggies. And then we'll also feed uh, hikari, Carnivore Delight, which is a large protein-packed sinking pellet. So 
there's all kinds of other foods too, though. Nano pellets, extreme nano pellets, they like that a lot. So anything that kind of sinks and is fairly water stable, I think is pretty good for quarries. Now, if you mix, if you feed some live foods and then sometimes some frozen foods and then sometimes some of these prepared foods, I think you're gonna be in awesome shape. The prepared foods might have some vitamins and minerals mixed in them that could be missing from some of the live and frozen foods and, and vice versa, right? There's different nutrition profiles for all those things. But for Corey's nutrition wise, I would say high protein is pretty important and uh, they take a long time to eat. So I'd give them something they can chew on kind of, well, they don't really chew, suck on more, <laughs> feed on, let's say graze on for a few hours at a time. And I think that would be helpful. So those are my thoughts on, on Corey's, getting them nice and fat and sassy. Brian Radovic. Earlier in the stream, someone wanted to know if you were going to add blackworms to the fish food offerings. You mean for sale? No, no. Um, when we do blackworms, we can hardly keep up with the needs of our own fish. There's often shortages. There's... I think if someone is looking for an idea of how to make some money in the aquarium fish industry, I think starting a blackworm farm would not be the worst idea ever. There's one farm right now where they're raised. It's in California. And every summer it gets hot and they don't produce well and they have ma massive die off and all kinds of problems. Um, this last summer there were a lot of wildfires and the smoke and all that got in the ponds. Uh, all the ash, I mean, got in the ponds and stuff. And there were big problems. It seems like every summer there is a massive shortage. So I think this industry could easily sustain another <laughs> black worm farm, especially if it was somewhere in a cold climate or, um, I mean, work awesome here with the fresh river water that's cold all the time. Uh, something like that. If you had access to nice, cool water, that would be amazing. But no, black worms are, uh, are rough. There, there's always more demand than supply and we can hardly get enough for our own needs, honestly. So selling them is not really on the something we're going to do. Okay, I'm scrolling because chat jumped. Just a moment here. Scrolling up. Woo! Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> chat really jumped. Wow! Hang on, I'm getting there, folks. So what happens for those that are new is uh, chat will occasionally just jump to the end and everyone that was in line before that gets cut off. So I'm scrolling up to as high as I can to answer folks that left messages earlier. Jacob Metzer, hey Dan, what fish do you think will continue to grow in popularity in 2023? I think rice fish is one. You know, a while ago we couldn't get hardly any rice fish. And by rice fish, I'm mostly talking about the Madakas, the Japanese rice fish. Now there's several strains available, but there's still lots of strains that we don't really have access to in the United States. And we still don't have access to like the premium fish, the really good, good strains. So as those gradually become available, I think they'll be in, in pretty high demand. I think there's a whole hobby. You know, you got guppy breeders that specialize in guppies and goldfish breeders that specialize in goldfish and killifish breeders and you have people that specialize. 
I don't think that many people in the United States are really specializing in Madaka rice fish right now because we don't have uh, the varieties and the quality that, that we really need to get people onto that. But I think we're getting there. And pretty soon I think you'll see a lot of people that that's their thing. They keep rice fish. So I don't know when that'll happen. I don't know if it's 2023 when we'll get some enough varieties of enough quality that people really get into that. But it's, it's kind of starting a slow roll. It hasn't hit critical mass yet. Could happen in 2023. might take longer. But that's something that I think is going to take off for sure. There's a whole bunch of different varieties of paradise fish that are being uh, raised in Taiwan and other places that aren't really on the market in the United States yet. So when those come over, I think those will be popular. I mean, we just like new stuff, right? So as the new stuff comes, I think it'll get more popular. And those are a few places where I see uh, new stuff happening that we haven't got our, that we don't have yet much in the United States. So if it comes over, I think it'll be a thing. Patricia Kloppel, hey! Um, tanks now, let's see here. Tanks or thanks? <laughs> hey at Dance Fish Tanks. Now that you now do fish and plants, by any chance, do you have any black worms? Oh, sorry, Patricia, I don't. Spinster Sisters, I heard Rancher Goldfish are delicate and are major poop makers. Do you have any experience with them? Well, all goldfish are major poop makers, and I don't have a lot of experience with any of them and not the, the ranchus either. Now, if someone here in the chat has experience with ranchu goldfish, would you chime in and help Spinster Sister out with your knowledge? Because I can't help. I just don't know that much. By the way, look at this. Look at how much green is here. Thanks, everyone, for being members. That's awesome. We have a lot of members here. That's just amazing to me that so many people have joined up and are part of the, the Fishmonger crew. The memberships help. It's recurring revenue every month for us. It helps this little startup company as we get up and running. So just thanks so much, folks. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad folks find enough value that they are willing to join up. Underwater, have you messed with uh, Haplochromus nyuria? Yeah, I think I have. Is that uh, Lake Victoria? Let me make sure I I am thinking of the right fish here. Okay, Haplochromus nyuria. Yeah, yeah. So really pretty fish. I, I have had this fish um, in some, you know, flame points and some other uh, Lake Victoria stuff. Not in my personal tanks, but I used to work at a very large cichlid uh, distributor and they would do some Victorians. So I know a little bit about them, but I don't know a lot. I'm not going to be super helpful. Mainly what I remember about them is in a tank of those, you would get one male that would grow big and color up and everyone else would be scared for their lives and stay small and try not to get in their way. Um, I found them to be quite aggressive. Now, we were just keeping them in like wholesale tanks. So, uh, you know, maybe if they were somewhere with rock work and all that, it'd be a different story. But my, my limited experience working in a, a large uh, cichlid distribution area was uh, that they were quite aggressive. But that's all I really remember. Super pretty. But you'd have this whole tank of them, and there'd be one pretty one. All the rest wouldn't dare fire up. <laughs> T-Shot, hey, Dan, I ordered 15 Glowlight Danios. Good choice. One of the most underrated fish ever. So bright. They're amazing. And a pair of Limia Perugier, and they're already spawning for me. Awesome. Golazo. That's great. 
Super exciting. Another perfect order. Thanks. Merry Christmas. Hey, Tisha. Cheers, Tia. Glad they came in in good shape. Yeah, December's going pretty good for us as far as shipping success. And they're already spawning. Glad to hear it. It is hard to go wrong with Glowlight Danios. Danios Chopra. Okay. Or is it Celeste? Uh, what is the genus name? Chopra. I spelled it wrong. <laughs> Anyway, this fish is amazing. For those that are unfamiliar with it, this is a small little nano fish. I know most folks know it, but I'm sure there's some folks here that are new that uh, this would be a perfect fish for. So I want to take a little time. Look at how beautiful this is. Th these are not exaggerations. In fact, they look better than a lot of these pictures when they're in a tank feeling happy. They really do glow, super bright. Peaceful, small, they don't get too big. They're not super expensive, just a wonderful, not that one, wonderful little fish. Oh, we gave some away at one point. So the reason I want to take a, if, if you're new and you're wondering, hey, I've got this 10-gallon tank or 20-gallon tank and I want a fish that's pretty and I don't know what to get. Like, I think Glowlight Danios are, are, are a good one. They're pretty hardy. They're small. They're, they, they, they click all the boxes. So definitely worth a try if you're wondering what fish could I get that I'm kind of new like as I'm learning you know I think they're one you could you could do for sure okay Elysian AS the the what Moncausia the the Costi Tetras arrived fine boxes warm need to put some size on them to join the other group for breeding outside next summer yeah, awesome. I'm glad they arrived in good shape. What are they now? What would you say? Inch and a quarter, inch and a half, something like that. But thanks for letting us know. I'm glad they arrived well in the winter weather. Linda J. Hello. Question. Okay, I already got that one. Jeff Kane. Have you heard anything more about the size the Ranger Plecos are going to get or an L number by chance? Um, all I know, Jeff, is that ours... Um, one or two of them grew more than two and a half inches. I think one was pushing three inches or something. So whatever we have, it's not many. We were hoping they were. That's what we ordered. That's what we thought they might be. But some of them are pushing three inches. So I, I don't have an L number. I don't know any more than the... I ordered mini Ranger Plecos, got sent cute little mini Ranger Plecos, and uh, they've now grown too big, so they're not minis. I'm not quite sure which one they are. They're awesome, but I don't know which one. TJC, my Epistos just had fry. Congratulations. You're an Episto parent. Episto parent. It has a, has a nice ring to it. My first time seeing them was today when mom brought them out. Two questions. How often should I be feeding BBS? Will they hang on back pre provide too much flow? Um, I don't know because I don't know how big of a hang on back you have, how big the tank is, how it's set up. If you're seeing the fish struggle to maintain place in the aquarium, then yes, you have too much flow. It, they shouldn't have to work too hard as little fry to, uh, to not get swept away. So it shouldn't be too high. But without seeing it and knowing exactly what we're talking about, I don't know if you have too much flow. And how often should you feed... What you want to do ideally is during daylight hours and whenever the light's on, you want food to be in front of those babies. So whatever you can do to make it so there's constantly food in front of them, do your best to make that happen. 
Uh, now, a lot of us have jobs and you know can't be there all day every day, but if you have a job and you are gone eight hours or 10 hours or whatever every day, then I'd feed him in the morning. And when he got back, I'd give him a little another feeding at night, but not too much because you don't want a bunch of baby brine shrimp to die after the light goes off and it's dark and they aren't fed on anymore. So I do a large feeding in the morning and a small one in the evening. Brine shrimp, in my experience, will live a long time in fresh water, sometimes six hours or more. You have a hang on back though, so a problem you might have is they might get sucked into the filter quicker than that. I'm not sure how you're set up exactly. But uh, yeah, it, the goal is keep food in front of them anytime that the, the light is on. And keep the water clean at the same time. That's, that's the goal. Kira works. Work it. Any other live food cultures in the pipeline? Not for me, no. I suggest blackworms and Daphnia as their fresh water and about as easy as a scud culture is because that's what I want. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, let's go to Get Gills here. See how we're doing live food wise. So if we go to getgills.com. If we look at fish food, there's some live foods here. There's some vinegar eels, paramecium, Walter worms. Um, copepods. Oh, that's the powder. That's not the... Oh, that's copepod powder, maybe? Yeah. Let's see what else is live. Not a whole lot live-wise. Yeah, I don't have any plans right now to do any live food production. It's just... Uh, you know, we just added plants. <laughs> we finally got the fish thing going well enough and steady enough and got moved into this new space enough that we were comfortable adding something else and we decided to go with plants instead of live food. I'm not saying it's off the table forever, but for the foreseeable future, we're not going to do uh, much in the way of live food. T-Shot, welcome to the Fishmonger crew, T-Shot. Thanks for joining up. Thank you, my friend. Scotty the Fish Freak. Freaky deaky Scotty the Fish Freak. What would, would love to do a just plant order, but can't bring myself to pay the same for speed and quality for shipping. Yes, yes which is well worth it for the fish. Once you figure it out, I'm fine. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the thing. Right now, it's, it's uh, quite a lot. However, the good news is in the winter, in the bitter cold, they'll get to you the next day and not freeze. Um, I, I, one of our uh, employees here did a, an order from another company before we brought plants in, and it arrived this week. Yeah, a couple days ago it arrived, and... Uh, they're frozen solid. So that is one good thing <laughs> about shipping next day with heat packs and styro liners and all that. So, but you're right. I think we could do two day shipping or something like that. I still don't know if I would do priority in the winter just because in my experience, priority can take four days or longer. And so I think the average is three to four days right now for priority. Not right now. Sorry. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Oh, not right now, like during the holidays, but for the last couple of years. And that could be a long time for a plant to be out in the sub-zero temperatures. But I think what we could figure out maybe is how to pack more plants in a box if there aren't fish in it. Um, and maybe a, maybe a two-day shipping instead. Something like that. But I hear you, Scotty. Exactly. So I, I still think it's worth it, though, if someone's like, yeah, I want plants and I want to make darn sure they arrive in good shape and not frozen. It's probably still worth it. But... Uh, Yes, right now it makes more sense, I think, if someone just throws a plant into a box of fish. 
Um, yeah, Paul Soltero saying the same thing. Yeah. Yep, Paul, that's exactly right. It's just, it's going to be really difficult, I think. I have to talk to random arms about it, but I think it's going to be really difficult to have a plant and be like, okay, if it's packed with fish, it goes this way. If it's packed another way, it goes this way. And not have it be just this mess at checkout. But we'll look into it. Mountaintop. It didn't highlight, but I'm seeing it here. At Dan's Fish, no Congo eggs yet. They sure are casually chippy as a pair. I may order more to change the dynamic. Up to 100 subscribers post puffer breeding article in Amazonas Magazine. Mind blown. Awesome. Well, Mountaintop, well deserved. Um, well deserved. And yeah, hopefully they, they breed for you. But yeah, if you want more, we've got more from the same batch. And they're, well, you saw, they're in great shape. They're doing awesome. Liquid Rock Aquatics on packing boxes. Does it really matter how the fish plants are packed as long as the finished mass of water in the box is standardized for each size, right? Heated H2O is key. Um, yeah, you're right in the sense that water is a lot more temperature stable than air, than, than atmosphere, right? So the more water in the box, the uh, harder is it is going to be for that box to uh, change temperature on the inside. Coral works. Is water sprite similar to hornwort? No. Uh, they're, water sprite is actually a fern. Hornwort is a stem plant, but they, uh, they both grow very quickly. I would say, though, that water sprite is probably easier. And one of the reasons I would say that is hornwort, if it does have die-off, if it, if it overextends itself, and dies, it can die suddenly and make a big mess. Whereas water sprite isn't as prone to do that. Tamrosaurus, or Cirois, I've been saying that wrong. Tamrosaurus, can a pea puffer live with CPDs? I have a takeover of snails. Will you be getting any anytime soon? Yeah, I've got a, a really nice batch of pea puffers that's, that's doing great. It's just not through quarantine yet. But I wouldn't put them with CPDs. I, personally, I wouldn't put pea puffers with, with anything else besides other pea puffers. Now, can it happen? It could. You could try it. I just have a plan B ready, just in case that little pea puffer goes aggro on those CPDs. But as long as you have a plan B tank where you're like, oh, that's not working, I can move it out, then, then you'll probably end up being okay. But in general, long term, I like, I like pea puffers with pea puffers, and that's about all. People do mix them, though. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm saying there's a lot that can go wrong if they're mixed. I'm not saying it will, but it can. Guppy Grill, what do you feed toothpick fish? I've been eyeing them on your site. So we feed them scuds and baby brine shrimp. That's most of what their diet is. They get some other little things, too. They just grow in the tank, little worms and detritus worms and stuff like that. But we have a colony of scuds in there with them, and they're constantly producing babies that the toothpick fish feed on. And they also really like live baby brine shrimp. So that's what we're feeding those. Johnny, am I missing anything? That's actually one of Johnny's tanks. So Johnny, is there anything else you're feeding those? Guppy Grill, what, oh, sorry. Gene Ramlow, what is the food you use when you are filming? Um, I think you're talking about the Hikari Massivore pellets. It's Hikari Massivore Delight. They're a large, round, kind of brownish, maybe reddish pellet. 
in like the the YouTube shorts and the TikToks and the Instagram posts and stuff, that's what I'm feeding. Now, I do want to be clear, I'm not feeding that because it's the best food ever and that's all we ever feed. I'm feeding that because I can put it in a spot and the fish come to it and so it makes it easy to take a video. We do feed it regularly, but it, but we mix it with, like we'll feed it and then the next day we'll feed something else and the next day something else and then, then come back to it a few days later. So. Um, it's a decent food, but I don't want anyone to see those and think, oh, all I have to do is feed this. I still think variety is important, but it's what makes it easiest to take videos with because it brings them all whoop, to one spot, and they love it. They love it. It's like crack for them. Jacob Metzner. Metzner. There's an N there. Jacob Metzner. What fish do you think will grow? Oh, I already got that one. Rob's aqua charcoal in a bag of fish now. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure I understand the, the question fully. Um, we do put activated carbon in with our quarries. We've been doing that lately, and I think it's going better. I, I, I don't have enough data to know for sure yet if that's the difference or that just the batches of quarries we're getting are stronger because we have not reordered from that one supplier that we had hard, a real hard time with. Um, but yeah, we're putting a little activated carbon in the, the bags with the quarry doors just so that if they do release some toxin in the bag, um, maybe there's a chance the activated carbon would absorb it and it wouldn't poison the quarry. So yeah, I, that's my best answer for how I understand the question. So, Jacob, not to call you out here, um, you're, you're a fine person, and, and don't. I'm, this is just reminding me, this is the third time I've seen your chat. Um, I just want, folks, if you would, there's no hard rule on this or anything, but if you would just leave your chat once, uh, leaving it more doesn't make me get to it any quicker, and it kind of clogs the feed. If I, if chat jumps and I get below where you left it, and I can't read it because YouTube won't let me get there or something, then yeah, feel free to repost, but um, it's not to spam the chat. Again, Jacob, no hard feelings. This is not, you're not doing anything like horrible. It's not a big deal. It's just uh, keeps the chat a little cleaner. Spinster sister, can you ship fish with Icmeds already on board? No, I, I don't want to medicate a fish unless it needs it. Um, so I don't want to like put formalin in bags I'm shipping. I'd get into a whole thing with now I'm shipping, you know, toxic chemicals. Um, but I would just say if you receive fish and they come in cold, um, I would have ICX or something like that on hand so that if four or five days from when you get them, they do develop ick, that you're ready. I'm not even saying they're going to develop ick. They, they might not. The... We received an import uh, recently, and it came in. The lowest temperature in that import was 56 degrees. The highest was, was it 61, Johnny? They came in cold. And so far, an entire import, lots of fish, so far only three species have developed ick from that experience. Four, I think four, actually. But the point is not all of them are going to develop ick, so... There's just a chance some might. There's a higher likelihood they would if they get cold than they would if they didn't get cold is all. Just like us. If we get cold, we might develop a little cough. 
Mountain Top Puffer Keeper, if you ever see her bring in any, a puffer guy on a mountaintop, <laughs> has Tetraodon Dubois on their future puffer breeding attempt wish list. Okay. Um, Mountain Top, would you email us? I can probably source that for you. That's one I've been avoiding just because they're so pricey. And. There's some suppliers I know are consistently good, and I have not seen them available from those suppliers. Now, I'm not saying that the suppliers they're from are bad. I'm saying I don't have experience with them. So it'd be quite a risk to do that. But um, if you're willing to take that risk with suppliers that you know aren't vetted, so I don't know what shape they'll arrive in or anything, then uh, if you email me, since you're a guy that breeds them and breeds puffers and stuff, then I'll see if we can work something out. There's certain fish that I think we would do a huge service to if we could get aquarium bred populations going in the United States. Uh, just because supply chains don't treat them well. Puffers are the top of that list. It's, uh, let's just say there's very few suppliers that treat puffers right. And usually you get them in and it's a little heartbreaking. And it takes a couple months to get them to the point where they're healthy and you can sell them. That should not happen. And if we can, if folks like Mountaintop Puffer Keeper can breed those and we can have nice, healthy aquarium bred uh, puffers to distribute, then I'm all for doing what I can to help that happen because the alternative is not good. Xanadudu, all the fish are doing great. Appreciate. Appreciate. <laughs> Talking's hard. Appreciate the tip on IKX. I do have some on hand. Yeah, and hopefully they don't develop it, but, you know, they could. Cold makes things like that come out. But I'm glad they're doing well because I know they arrived a little chilly. Thanks for letting us know. By the way, folks, if, if you have a problem with an order, if an order came and something was wrong and the fish aren't doing well or whatever, we like to hear that too. You can leave that in the chat. It's fine. We're transparent here. You won't hurt our feelings. You'll be giving us valuable data that we can use to fix a problem if we're like, ooh, we better check that and figure something out. So that, that's fine. Or if you don't want to air it in public, we understand. You can email us, hello at dancefish.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com and let us know. We do want to hear problems. We also want to hear when things go good because that motivates us. But if things aren't going well, we, we want to know so we aren't just proceeding in ignorance to ship a fish that's having a problem. Um, and usually we do really well with that. I think there's been twice where I've made a bad judgment call um, when someone gave us some criticism and I, I, I thought they were doing something they weren't. But in general... Um, in general, we welcome that kind of feedback. We want to know the problems. Nathan Hovey, I haven't made it to check out the plants yet, but how many types did you bring in? Sorry if you answered already. I think 60. I think 60 species. Scrolling because chat jumped again. Aha. Excuse me. <laughs> my throat just made a very funny sound. I promise you it was from my throat. 
<laughs> What's the number one fish you ever want or wish you could get from us fish nerds over a distributor? Uh, puffers are one just because in general, supply chain is very rough on them. Any killifish I would love to get from hobbyists. Corydoras, for sure. Lots of species of Corydoras. The supply chain is very rough on Corydoras as well. Um, check out Bob Steenfot's last couple videos. What he's experiencing is not at all abnormal uh, for Corys in the supply chain. So, um, Plecos as well. Yeah, I, stuff like that. I mean, everything. But when I think of stuff that I simply cannot order from the normal supply chain quarries a lot of times uh, plecos puffers yeah I kind of go th there's a couple suppliers that do a good job everyone else is like ah, not going there but killifish oh, I'd love to buy killifish from hobbyists I I'm a killy nerd that's they're my true love and uh, I would love to buy them from anyone that's breeding and has an excess of killifish. Kind all night. Hey, good to hear from you. I hope you're doing well. I, you're probably even colder than I am, huh? <laughs> Which is better for raising fry? Um, Rapashi or brine shrimp? Also, what brands do you recommend for someone raising fry but haven't seen much growth? I mean, I think brine shrimp is the ultimate for raising fry. Live foods, baby brine shrimp for sure. But it depends. What kind of fry are you raising? There are certain fish that are want to graze, like plecos and stuff. For those, if it's a choice between the two, I'd probably go with rapashi. Uh, once, like bushy-nosed plecos, I'd go with rapashi over baby brine shrimp because the brine shrimp are gonna, you know, be up in the water column, bouncing around where the plecos can't get to them for a lot of the time. But if we're talking about free-swimming fry that are through swimming around the water column and eating and actively. Um, predating on things, then I would go with brine shrimp every time. And the, the main thing with fry, here's, here's the equation you have to solve with fry. How do you keep food in front of them so that they have so they don't starve because they're growing super fast, they need a lot of energy, and still keep the water clean? Because as we all know, if you put a lot of food in a tank, you're going to create a lot of waste, which will dirty the water. So it's just coming up with a way to keep food in front of them without making the water so dirty that it harms the fry. It can be simple. Um, if you're at home during the day, then a simple little plastic sweater box in the morning, wake up, dump out all the water you can without dumping out the fry. I always do this through a little brine trip net, so if a fry escapes, I catch it. Um, but dump out 90% of the water or more. Replace it with fresh, stable, gassed off aquarium water that's at temperature, not from an aquarium, but water that would be ready to go into an aquarium that's nice and stable. Feed them some live foods. At lunch, same thing. Empty out all the water you can until there's just a little bit left that the fry can be in. Put in fresh, clean water. Feed them again. In, in the evening, do it again. And then at night, do it again, but don't replace the food. Uh, if you can do that, then you can raise them a lot of fry in something as simple as just a plastic container. But again, keep food in front of them, keep them clean. That's that's the challenge. However, however you figure out to do that, um, 
I think we all know Dean, and Dean's got a really neat system where he has constant flow with a big kind of aquarium type something that he uses and small containers up above it that the, the water from the sump goes up through them all the time with constant flow. That's another way you can do it. But uh, it's about keeping them clean and keeping food in front of them. That's really the whole equation. Fish and Shrimp by Rich. More guppies after Christmas? Yes, we have some guppies that we're going to be listing soon. Um, and I'm really excited about a few of them. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get into too much more than that. But um, yeah, excited about them. Guppy Girl. Oh, I already did that one. Holy cow, it's 819. So we're going to do the giveaway shortly. And after that, I'm going to head over here because my wife is going to be singing. She's singing a Christmas song. So I'm going to post the link here. If anyone wants to join me, it's a few minutes. My wife's a professional singer, and she started a YouTube channel recently. And after every stream, I kind of go head over there to listen to her song. And uh, so you're invited to join me if you want to go there. So in a few minutes, we'll do the drawing. And then I'm going to head over there and listen to Brenda sing us a song about Christmas. Here's another one. Jacob Metzner. Can you get Cherax Condei? Condei. Condei. Let's see here. Maybe. Let's see what that is together. Let's take a little field trip. Oh, I think so, but I didn't. Yes, I could have brought these in um, about a week ago, but I did not because I already have a Cherax species, and I've had it for several months, and it's not selling. So I, I didn't want to bring in another Cherax species. It just didn't seem to. It didn't seem like a good business. The, if the hobbyist in me wanted to get them. But the businessman in me was like, yeah, you've already got a tank full of Cherax, and uh, do you really need more tanks of fish that aren't really selling? And I don't know why. They're amazing fish. They are so cool to watch. It's like a big glass hatchet fish, kind of. It's predatory, but not like super mean. Like, I don't know. They're really neat. But, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't do it. So, yeah, I can get them, but I passed T-Shot, not only did T-Shot join up as a fish monger crew member, he also threw money at us. Thanks, T-Shot, appreciate it. Dan, I'm breeding, I'm breeding Orange Flash, Epistos, and Hongsloyai. I have about 100 babies growing out. More Orange Flash, would you be interested? Absolutely. Yes, hobbyist bread and raised fish are awesome, especially Epistos, especially in those quantities. Yeah, T-Shot, I'm very interested. Please email us, hello at dancefish.com, H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com. Um, Rick May uh, breeds a lot of what were they double reds I can't remember but there's an Episto that we've got from him a few times and it's just so nice because you don't have all the problems you have with the normal supply chain with health wise and stuff so you get them and I could probably sell them the next day and not have a problem we still do the full two week quarantine and everything just to be safe and because we don't want to start cutting corners that leads you know that's a slippery slope Let's mix metaphors. We don't want to cut corners. That's a slippery slope. But uh, yes, hobbyist sourced epistles are the best. We pay 25% of retail landed. 
So whatever it costs us to buy the shit, <laughs> the fish, <laughs> I was trying to combine fish and ship and it got a little weird. Um, <laughs> sorry, kids. To whatever it costs us to um, buy the fish and have it shipped to us, we need to be able to mark it up four times from that. Paul Soltero, Pistol Fry will pick off food from sponge filters. Oh, yeah, between feedings, they'll graze on all kinds of stuff. Uh, anything clinging to sponge filters or driftwood or leaves or in the gravel or whatever. Yeah, they do that for sure. They pick on benthic stuff a lot. Sandy Cheeks, sounds like you've been to the beach. Any tips and tricks for keeping Daphne alive? Hard water makes it easier. A large container, like a, a pond rather than like a little jar, makes it a lot easier, like a big indoor pond or something. Treating, treating them like fish helps, meaning regular water changes and all that helps. Some filtration helps. And then feeding, green water is the best. If you can't grow tons of green water, you can get uh, different algaes and stuff in powder form that you can feed. But I would look... I would refer you to, there's a video I took about a master breeder who, who raises lots of tetras and kerosens and stuff. What was, Ch Chance, right? Chase? Chase. Chase Kleinstecker. If you, if you go to this video, he gives a full detailed account of how he raises Daphnia. And what he does is he uses yeast. And so let me uh, link that for you so you can see how he does it. He's a much better at it than I am, for sure. Eric, why rock are you able to sex your sunset epistos? I don't think so. Johnny, do you agree? I don't think we can. I don't think there's anything obvious there sex-wise. But I could be wrong. Johnny knows that tank better than I do. So we each have a section of the fish room. All the tanks in the top are mine. Johnny has all the tanks in the middle. Mandy maintains all the tanks on the bottom. Um, and uh, that's just because I'm taller. It's easier for me to feed. I don't have to get a ladder. Uh, Mandy's less tall than the rest of us. Mandy's short. Let's just say what it is. And so uh, she gets the bottom tanks. And, and Johnny's a regular dude, so he gets the middle tanks. Um, and those are not in my tanks, so I don't look at them as closely as, as they would. Let's see here. we got to do a giveaway. Thanks again to Hyger for providing the giveaway tonight, which is for this really neat Airstone. There's three of them, three different sizes. This is the big three-incher. There's two others you'll get, so you get a kit of three made from really nice acrylic. I've not used them, but it looks like an impressive unit. And uh, let's see here, Hyger Airstone. Let me just show you this real quick, and then we'll do the drawing. For those that missed it earlier, this is what you're getting. You're getting one of each size. So you sent me one of each of these. And might be the next coolest thing in Airstones. Try it out. Let us know. And the winner of that is... See, we have 215 folks here entered. Thanks for being here, folks. Thanks for being here on a Wednesday. Fish Eye on Tank Ticks. I feel like Fish Eye on Tank Ticks won something fairly recently. But congrats. You know, the probability is the same every live stream. 
So uh, you have two minutes to chime in. Let us know you're here. If you don't chime in within two minutes, you forfeit your winnings, and we will uh, draw someone else. Kalos Aquatics and Reptiles. Dan, which puffer is brackish from Africa asking for Dragon Lair? I honestly don't know, um, Bob. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper, do you know which is brackish from Africa? The truth is, I kind of tune out the brackish and saltwater species just because I, I know I'm not going to be keeping them. So I know there are some, but I don't remember which ones are from where. I'm sorry, Kaylor. I wish I could, I wish I could answer that, but I honestly don't know. Okay, let's see if uh, there he is. Okay, Fishy and Tanktics is there. All right, congratulations. You know the drill. Uh, send an email to hello at dancefish.com, H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com, with your first name, last name, your mailing address, and we will get those sent out to you. And you'll get some cool air stones from Hyger. Thanks again to Hyger for providing these for our giveaway and I'm really curious what your feedback is and anyone else that tries them let, let me know I've just never seen an airstone like this it looks like someone's really trying to solve the problem of airstones clogging and and degrading over time you can open this up you can uh, I think you can clean it all out and everything um, I don't think it's ever gonna clog so it looks like a never clog airstone that's been engineered much better than uh, the ones I typically have, which are those bright colored stacked things. You know what I mean? All right. That's it for me. I'm going to head over and listen to my wife sing a song because I'm a good husband like that. Plus, the lady can sing. If you don't believe me, if you've never heard Brenda sing, just trust me. Take a moment to go over there. I'm going to link it again. And uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised at what comes out of this lady's voice. She's pretty amazing. All right. I want to thank my moderators for being here and doing what they do. Just uh, thanks to all of you. Really appreciate you. All the members, thanks for being a member of the crew. It really helps this little startup company when we get some recurring monthly revenue from memberships. It's just super helpful. Thank everyone that threw money at us through Super Chats. Awesome. Thanks to uh, all the people that were active in the chat, asked questions, and got us going chat-wise. All you lurkers, hail the Lurker Nation. Anyone listening on the replay, hello from the past. And anyone listening on the podcast, thanks for listening. Which reminds me, i got to get some more podcasts listed. I'm a little behind on that. Anyway, happy holidays. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas, and I will see you all next week, right? Does that... Hang on. When's Christmas? Yeah. I will see you all next Wednesday, same bat time, same bat channel. I got to head over and listen to my wife sing. Have a good night. Bye-bye.